All right, everybody. This is Phil Cavano from Monster Magnet. You're watching The Heavy Galaxy Show. Rock on. Right, what's going on everybody thanks again for joining me here on the heavy galaxy show for another great episode and today i've got the absolute honor to have with me a gentleman who's been at it for almost 40 years with his legendary transcending metal trio prong and they're getting ready to unleash the band's 13 studio release titled state of emergency which is no doubt for me metal album of the year hands down i'd like to welcome oh, wow. mr tommy victor to the show come on i know you've gotten out more than once on this uh, interview cycle you've been doing i'm sure man once record. before once, Once before. before, yeah, that, that must be my buddy Chris Aiken, I'm sure, because we've uh, exactly we've that is yeah. <laughs> cool, uh. man. Cool, man. Well, Tommy, yes, let's get into it, man. State of emergency. Um, prog, like I said, 13th studio release, uh, comes out October 6th on uh, Steve Hammer SPV. It's the first full length since uh, zero days back in 2017. I mean, I can't believe it's been over six years. I mean, we did get the uh, Age of Defiance EP in 2019, but you know, what's what I find interesting is that, you know, you had put out five records in six years, you know, going back to when Zero Days was released, uh, which, you know, is a, a crazy pace. That was like reminiscent of the 70s when bands were putting out, you know, records every 12 to 15, 16 months. So did you finally just say after Zero Days, OK, look, I've, I've got all these albums out in all this short time, man. Let's let's take a little time off to, you know, let the fans maybe, you know, digest all those records, considering, you know, a lot of people got this short attention span for music these days um i think it was partially that that was a lot of records for a short amount of time yeah. uh i had a manager then who was pushing me to do that mm -hmm. so uh oh, okay I, I think i got a little exhausted on mm. the other hand there was the pandemic and then mm. our record deal expired okay. so i wasn't even sure should i make any more records period uh definitely was questioning that then one thing led to the other. I had another kid and that took up some time and mm -hmm. we did a, finally did a tour at the end of the pandemic. That took some time. I still wasn't sure about doing another record. Then mm. we got, uh, we got contacted by Napalm SPV. They wanted to do another record. So we did it. We, we signed a new deal and then it was, when do you want to do the record? It's like, Hey man, I, I'm going to move. So let me do that when we finish the move. So we moved back to New York, and then that's when I started do, doing it. So I had uh, a good amount of time to settle in and mm -hmm. then prepare properly to design the record. And, and uh, I think that the planning on this record was less rushed, and uh, it just worked out great. Like the, the writing process didn't take that long neither. So it just had, was a really good period. And uh um, i'm happy the way everything came about but again between you know having 
another child, the mm-hmm. pandemic, and then the move took a while, and then deciding to make a record. Mm-hmm. And that's why it took so long. Sure, man. Well, I mean, I know we're we're you know we're not going to probably get five records in six years again. But one thing no. we do have, yeah. uh, one thing we do have though, with state of emergency, man, is an album. I think that's no doubt going to rank right up there with the classic records from the '90s for most fans. Um, you know, and the reason why I love it so much is to me, it's really the first record. Uh, you know, that I can remember in recent times where. A lot of the songs you really harken back to the the beg to differ area with that '90s groove metal era. I mean, the title track is really a prime example of that. I mean, light turns to, to black. I mean, who told me? They all have those mid tempo, meaty, you know, groovy hooks, and it's just so great to hear that style again. I mean, to go along with obviously, you know, how much you've now grown as a musician over the years since then. And like I said, that's why to me, it's definitely a top three prong record of all time. So, I mean, talk a little bit about returning to that style and the good portion of the record. I mean, was that deliberate or is that just sort of how that, you know, the nature of how it all came together once you started writing? Some of that deliberation is part of the process. It just, it's instinctual now. Uh, being mm-hmm. the fact that I wrote everything myself on this record, I had a lot to do with it where I was pressed for time on, on Zero Days, for instance, and there was a couple of outside writers that I worked with. I had to, but I didn't really have to because it, I, it was, I, I think I was lazy or something because now, I mean, when sitting down and writing State of Emergency, it didn't really take that much time. These riffs were there. I was confident mm-hmm. about them. Uh, the The fact that some of it does reflect Bake to Differ uh, and Rude Awakening and Cleansing, I think it was part of the fact that I was back in New York and it was similar to how I wrote stuff way back then where I was in an apartment and just the whole, the way the sky looks and Mm -hmm. the way I was feeling about everything and being close to where I grew up and the, the the old records were still running that I listened to when I was a kid was, was running through my veins a little bit more. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that that had something to do with it. Um, I had a more sense of nostalgia as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint exactly why it's the way it is, but, uh, you know, trying to analyze what I went through during the process, um, that may be the easiest way to describe it was that uh, I was close to where I grew up, close Mm -hmm. to where I wrote those old records, being back in New York, uh, and then, just having that grit, like when you hit the guitar and like, you know, this, this feels right. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the, it, my influences are what they are at this point, you know, like sometimes sure. I get a little bit modern uh, and I'm, I'm not completely unaware of, of a lot of the newer bands, uh, but uh, you know, no, not many people are doing this anymore too. Like the groove metal stuff is, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're, I mean, you, you've given me a really positive review. There's been a couple other ones that are saying, oh, well, these guys are like, you know, the same old stuff all the time. It's like, well, who else is doing this? No one's you know? doing so, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And it like, you know, somebody's got to carry the prong flag or, I mean, it's sure. a legacy thing anyhow, if anybody cares. But, uh, you know, that that's one of the reasons, too, where it, it's, it is what it is. Prong is what it is. Uh, there are certain confines to what those riffs are and what those songs. I think I, on, on this record, I pretty much nailed that where, um, mm-hmm. you know, this, it's, and there wasn't many 
there wasn't any censorship going on where uh, in, in past records, uh, you, we wrote more a, a, a big group of songs and we started cutting them. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. It's like we 10 songs were written. That's it. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just brought up, you know, being back in New York City, you know, obviously there's a track on the album back in New York City. Uh, as you say, I know you're back where you belong, um, where it all started for you in the band. And I mean, there was, you know, obviously back in those, you know, early to mid nineties, there was nothing like seeing you guys at the limelight. And I mean, those were just the, the heyday of prong. I mean, you guys were huge in the city. I mean, you're always just a quintessential New York band. So I think it's really, you know, uh, great to see you back in New York. And I was just going to, I was going to actually ask you about that, uh, you know, in terms of how much influence on the record was from being back you know back home i mean because like you said there's stuff uh, on you know especially with the song back to new york city i mean even the beginning of that song that intro with that guitar it reminds me a little bit of that twangy guitar you know measuring part that you have in unconditional and that's something i hadn't heard in in a while in any of the records so this obviously like you just were talking about it's been really you've definitely been affected writing wise and influenced by being back in new york which is pretty interesting yeah, it was a good experience. I this this being by myself and, and writing riffs in in a room and uh, you know, with the crappy weather and et cetera. I think that has something to do with it as well. Um, it just was it was cool. I mean, I, I really uh, I got into the whole thing. I was I was just more in tune to my roots and where this whole thing started mm. and. Uh, maybe the food too like oh, yeah. yeah i'm gonna go over again you know like a couple of slices and come back and keep working or something you know where you know they, do that in la really no yeah, no, no exactly. absolutely not <laughs> you know uh i do miss the i i was way more healthier back in uh, la and now I'm like I definitely could have put on a couple of pounds since i moved so but uh um it's been cool, man. It's like I, yeah. I really enjoy. I, I in, in general, I mean, there's a, there seems to be a malaise about the record. It's kind of a dark record, but in general, I, it was. I'm, I'm in a good mood putting it together, and it was. Uh, it was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. No. Awesome, man. Well, now you also got the legendary, legendary Steve Evans is now back in the fold on production. I know uh, Chris Collier was. You know, he did done the previous two records, but you know, Evans also did. You know, obviously, Ruining Lives and Carved into Stone, the two ones before that. So. Talk about going to Steve for this record. Was there a specific reason why you wanted to go with him again? Basically, from the fact that he was moving at the same time I was. He oh, called wow. me, goes, I'm moving back. I'm moving back to Jersey. And I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I bought I bought uh, Will Putney's studio, and then uh, I'm going to move in there. I'm like, well, I'm moving too. He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah. I mean, wife, my wife got a job in the city, and uh, we're moving back. So it happened at the same time. So, well, we got to do the next record together. Nice. So I was like, it was simple as that. And um, I love this new place. I mean, I think it's better than the one in L.A. So mm -hmm. uh, nice. it just worked out great. And we work really well together. We have a lot in common. Uh, we come from the same era. And uh, I, I really trust him. And uh, even my wife, even before he moved back, she was she was saying that, uh, you know, you should go back to Evans and do because Carved into Stone is such a great record. Like, you, you should go back with him. I was like, you know what? He works you so hard. Do I really want to put myself through that torture again? Mm -hmm. And uh, I did it anyhow. Mm. So I mean, yes, he's he's a, he's he'll torture you in there, but the result is good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, you know, just even from listening to the last six records, you know, that you put out since Carved Into Stone, I mean, it, in a way, it just doesn't even seem like it really matters who's working on the record with you, whether it's Steve or whether it was Chris. I mean, they're both obviously great, you know, studio guys because it still has your signature sound. I mean, it doesn't yeah. really seem to, to really be a huge difference in terms of how this, the record sounds sonically. You know, I mean, obviously, other than, you know, I guess the engineering, you know, and then the mixing and everything. But when it really when it comes to the actual song structures and the compositions, I mean, I'm assuming that's all you, correct? I mean, any of them actually assist in that? I mean, talk a little bit about that. That's a good question. Uh, with with Collier, uh, he was involved in some of the writing. And inevitably, I would have to okay the arrangements. Like, the, like it sometimes... The, the arrangements were wacky to me. So uh, mm. that was always a struggle. And that, that, that's why I say sometimes it's harder to write with other people because uh, they don't have a similar vision on what the, the, when you, I write the lyrics, I write all the, you know, the, come up with the vocal lines. Mm -hmm. So trying to put that onto somebody else's stuff, it's, it winds up taking more time than if you did it all yourself. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, with, with, with this record, uh, we didn't really have to go back and forth. Like Steve, I, I sent them a demo and he was like, yeah, well, this stuff is cool, man. Like, I don't really, you know, we, we really didn't go through that process that much. So yeah, mm. it's a good question. Uh, they really, uh, he, he's a good vocal, great, great vocal coach. Okay. And then, um, a, a watch dog, Chris was the same way too. A watchdog on the guitar performances. Mm -hmm. So, uh, which again, like, like you said, like I've done it so many times. Like it didn't really take that long to do the, the guitar tracking on it. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 it just it, it the whole thing was pretty quick. Okay. So, but the only thing difference is that you know we didn't like work the working hours with Evitz, which I really like and appreciate. And as we get in there, and it's a longer day. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Chris sometimes would would like to end early, and mm -hmm. uh, you know that that's was one of the things that I, I enjoyed. The what I like working, and, and then you know the traffic in New York, so mm -hmm. uh, I would just stay in Jersey. I wouldn't even go oh, back okay. home. Like I would just get a hotel out there, okay, and just okay. you know, you know, But uh, it was it was cool. I mean, we had these long days, and you know, I like that. Nice, yeah. Well, let's talk about. I mean, you just released it on the uh, video for the first track on the record, The Descent, uh, which is you know a bit more of a thresher in the same vein as we really heard over the last you know five or six records. And I think it's the first video though that I've seen where it's just now it's just you. You know, the band now is officially really just you. I mean, over the years, I noticed you know you've always uh, you've always you know been uh, you always seem like a, like a team player. You know what I mean? And you know, you've got all the other guys to band. You've you've gone through you know through so many different you know people in the band. I know really when it comes to the writing and the recording, you know, especially I guess the rhythm parts and the drums specifically. I mean, do you direct really everything, or do the, do the members have any freedom, or is that all all you? I mean, talk a little bit about that. Well, the members really did. It's like who are the members? Because I yeah. have to keep changing. <laughs> I got. Yeah. I mean, in, in the, since Art Cruz left to, to mm -hmm. join Lamb of God, it's just been this this hell of a process of finding a replacement for him mm -hmm. so we've been it guys have been in and out and it's just been craziness and uh uh i was lucky you know we you know we got a, one of those guys we, we was able to play drums on the record that that's been in the band where well, we've had a mixture of 
of uh, of one drummer of Jason Bittner and uh, you know Aaron Rossi and mm-hmm. Griffin McCarthy and uh, Wade Murph and Tyler Joseph was these are the guys that have been playing drums in the in prong in the last couple of years. So it was mm-hmm. like, and then uh, you know Jason has not been around, so I have I've had. Uh, you know, the Christopher Dean uh, playing bass too. So it's mm. been like this wide collection of guys that whoever's available at the time when we're doing live shows and like recording. So, so Evans wind up like working, playing bass on the record. So, yeah, mm. I mean, it, it, um, yeah, he does, he does most of, he works a lot with the rhythm section and he, he gets everybody in shape on that on a lot of on some of the parts.
Well, you know, um, what's really interesting, I always, you know, when I think of prong is that, you know, I mean, most bands, you know, when people think of, okay, what's, you know, what's the band's best records, you know, over years, most bands have like, you know, around two, maybe three records that fans will always say it's the band's best. Where prong, I mean, when you talk to fans, it's all over the place. And it's really tough to say which yeah. one's favorite. Because to me, I mean, I always said that there's, you know, there's four eras of the band. I mean, you obviously had the initiation of the band in the mid to late 80s with Primitive Origins EP and, and of course, Force Fed. And then, of course, you know, you had the four records on Epic, you know, Beg the Different, Prove Your Wrong, Cleansing, and Root Awakening, which obviously really the pinnacle of the band's career. Then it was, of course, really that 10-year that period or so where you're kind of going through what a lot of bands go through when, you know, there's changes in musical, you know, tastes and stuff with new generations and so forth, when you had Scorpio Rising and then Power to Damage. And, of course, now the fourth era has really been from carved to stone, you know, carved into stone until, you know, now. Um, and to me, that second era with those, you know, uh, the epic releases really what was interesting is each record was so different from one to the next. Whereas to me, I feel like the, over the last six records, it's been sort of the opposite where really you, uh, it's been really consistent and where it's sort of been like an amalgamation of the sounds and the styles that you've created over the years that you just kind of put together in one musical output on each album I mean, would you agree with that? Is that is that something that you know again that you intentionally or deliberately try to do on a prog record? Is take all those influences and just put a little bit on of, of each record? Is that sort of something you do? Not completely. It, it just winds up being instinctually like that. Not completely purposeful. Okay. Uh, but I do agree with what you said. I mean, it's a great analysis, and you know, I compliment you on, on digging so deep on it because a lot of people don't. And uh, I think that it's because it happens naturally now when writing it, it, it's it's I like to carry all the scope, like you said, of of all of it into the new records. And mm -hmm. uh, that is important because it's, it's it's a legacy band. I mean, what I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, how much ground am I going to break? You know, like we we went through that. I've been through that and the hardships of that. Uh, when you mentioned the epic releases, it wasn't the greatest time to be experimenting with stuff. I mean. And uh, being on a major label and experimenting and trying to great brand, great break ground was probably a poor decision on the band's part. And it, you're right; they're all those records are different. It, it should have been where we kept to a certain standard there to like bang our sound into the people's heads when we had the opportunity to with, with the backing of a major label, but it just didn't work mm -hmm. out that way. We were always like fighting and questioning what we were doing. And, and uh, I think that if we had the support of, of an indie at that point where they'd be going, no, you would, you're on the right track. They were always like, you know, oh, you got to do this and do this, something different. Like with the major label input mm. was like, you know, and then the stress of trying to get on the radio was a thing that was mm. a problem back then. Where mm. now I don't really worry about that at all. Like I know we don't have the funds or, or you know, we're on, on, a, on an indie and they don't, they're not going to pay for the, uh, the radio promotion. Like, you know, if you're on a, a, a large indie in, or a major label. So that mm. doesn't come into the picture anymore. I just, I just write a prong album and that's it mm -hmm. yeah well and you just brought up a good point i mean you, you prong is a legacy band i mean you guys have never been your quote-unquote traditional metal band i mean you always no. you always more than that and you've like you said you've always had different influences in your sound but at the same time i mean like you said you've never strayed from who you were which is how i think it makes you you know so unique at a legacy band even though like you said yeah maybe back in the you know during those epic albums 
you, know, you took you know some risks and chances that a lot of bands wouldn't have taken at that time. Um, but like like a great example, like I know uh, Dino from Fear Factory recently said, you know, with them, he said, you know, the band's unwillingness, say with them, to stick to really one subgenre, really hurt the band in the long run. That's right. Right, and then I, I it, you know, I just I couldn't help but think of Prong when he when he said that because you know, I mean I'm sure you're you're happy, of course, where the band is today, but I'd have to think you feel obviously somewhat the same way in regards to considering you know you never same thing you guys never intentionally stuck to one subgenre as a band. I mean that's. Well, I mean I, I agree with Dino said, but I don't know if it really applies to him that much because they've been committed to this industrial metal thing for mm, ever since true. I can remember. So I don't know mm. what he's talking about on that, but mm. I think he's probably talking about prong really, because I mean, we're <laughs> the ones who had, yeah. we're the one who had to dig all these trenches for these bands. And now that's not, mm -hmm. I sound like I'm blowing my horn, but it's no, really right. true. Yeah. I mean, like, like fear factory, you know, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for helmet, God flesh and prong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say, I could say that, you know, with, with static X wouldn't, exists without prong and ministry and you know uh and it, it, the list goes on you know like in the whole new metal scene uh i don't know where would, you know if they would have been brave enough or the labels would have been able to uh uh sign these bands if it wasn't for you know snap your fingers snap your neck you know so mm. uh you know this sounds like i'm bragging but i mean it's true i mean and true. you know I, I i i i'm not that happy with where the you know where i am now because of that and mm. the fact that, you know, like I had to, you know, you know, like God rest his soul, like with Wayne Static. I mean, they went to the fact of like, you know, of really stealing our logo to that, that, that much mm. was not as much. And then taking so much. And it's just like, dude, like, you know, like I've never seen you say one thing about prong in any interviews or everything. And he got all mad at me. So it's like, mm. you know, that, that kind of stuff would always annoy the hell out of me. Now I'm, I'm old and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get through life and I have a bunch of kids, mm. so I don't really worry about it that much. Uh -huh. So it's like, but, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's been the story of the band from the beginning. It's like, you know, we did all this stuff and, you know, everyone was just like, what are these guys doing? And then, you know, later on bands were picking up on what we were doing and then, you know, mm -hmm. capitalizing on it. Absolutely. But, you know, at the same time, and I guess I know, obviously, yes, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, good for, you know, or, or, you know, yeah, it didn't obviously fill your bank account probably the way you wanted it to over the years. But at the same time, I mean, if you look at really prime, you go back to even just force fed. I mean, you guys were, were you know, when it was on in effect records, you guys were, you know, uh, way different than all those crossover bands and, and the hardcore bands at the time, too. You sounded nothing like, you know, uh, Cro-Mags or Leeway or Nasty Front or Carnivore. You guys were so different. I mean, see, so you, and you're just always a band that never, you never followed any musical trends. You were actually, as you were just saying, you were setting them for everyone else. Yeah, I mean, that's you part know? of the greed. Yeah, I mean, huh. yeah, here we were being greedy at the same time. We're like, you know, we're putting ourselves out on the limb for some stupid reason. Like, we probably should have just stayed that way. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Beg to Differ was a success, mm. but we, uh, we, in, in total retrospect, we lost a lot of fans from that record too. Like, we're um, mm. a lot of, the whole indie metal scene were like these guys are sellouts at that point. That's all we heard at that time. Oh, they're selling out. They that Beg to Differ was our sellout record at that point. So mm -hmm. who knows? I mean, there was a different time back then. Like the underground meant more uh, than it does now. And now, now mm -hmm. kids have just been, you know, brainwashed into being uh, extremely ambitious. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's just the way it is now. Where back then, like ambition and 
uh, you know, moving away from the scene and trying to be upwardly mobile, you know, that was being was a, a yuppie, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, it was looked down upon more and we were always upwardly mobile, but I don't, it, it, it was, we did it wrongly. So, uh, you know, like I look back on it and, um, you know, if I was managing a band, I'd have them be very careful uh, about doing the drastic changes that we did. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it, though, too, I mean, with Beg to Differ was that, again, I, you know, like, yeah, like you said, you had a lot of those bands, the, the hardcore and the punk bands, you know, they were just happy playing CBs and that's it. That was like the pinnacle or, you know, the top of the mountain where I think, you know, it's like, like most bands, you know, you got signed to a major. And I think that also made a lot of bands jealous. You know, they wanted to get that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that was wrong because I mean, there was all the the major indies were interested in signing prong at that time. And we should have went that mm. route because mm. Epic records was, it was, that was just, I mean, it looked good for our parents or whatever, but I mean, mm. uh, all friends and wives, but, uh, apart from that, I mean, that was another bonehead move, I think on our part. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, just, we'll, we'll get, to, go back to now the state of emergency, man. I mean, you know, I just, you know, I think about, you know, like I said, it's it's one of my top three records from the band, you know, and I think about it's amazing. You know, right. I, it is, man. It really is. And I really think about the time during the mid 2000s where, you know, I, I myself and I think a lot of other fans really thought the band was probably done. I mean, I thought mm, I absolutely. always yeah, I always thought Scorpio Rising was <laughs> a great album. I think it's a great album. Okay. I think it's very underrated, you know, because it's it's real heavy. You know, what I mean, to me, along with, with cleansing, it's the two heaviest records in my book, especially vocally. Um, and look at that time. I mean, the, the, the music business was in shambles, but the, the business model was broken. It still is. And not, you know, many people, I think, had heard that record. And I remember, you know, I remember talking to you. Um, I used to, you know, see you sometimes at those New York Jet fan, you know, hangouts in L.A. and in the Valley and stuff. And um, I remember asking you about what you were doing with Prong. And I remember the time you, you had put up a couple of those demos uh, for some tracks that were eventually on Power the Damager. But you sounded really, I remember, doubtful about the band. And, and you something you just brought before, you were saying that you didn't think too many people even cared about the band and if you came back, um, which to me is, is bullshit, man. I mean, a lot of people care. I know you don't have, like, you know, a fan base of, you know, one of those major metal bands from back in the day. But, I mean, if you think about, like, you know, where, especially where you guys are today, where you're at with Prong now, yeah, I mean, you, you have what a lot of musicians would, I think, love to have, and that's really one of, a, a super strong and loyal following and fan base for the fans that do love Prong. I mean, they're always going to be there to support you and keep it going. I mean, like I said, maybe it's not as lucrative as, as you know, it should be for a band who's been around as, as long as you guys have, but I would think really at this point in career, you know, it's got to feel good that you at least still have that. Where a lot of bands, you know, they had their, their, their you know, spotlight or the time in the you know uh doing well and back in the 90s and so forth where now they can't i mean they can't sell anything where i mean prong you guys are yeah you're opening for a lot of bands but you're also you know i mean every prong fan i know man is just loves what you've been doing the last you know 15 plus years you know what i mean like they've never strayed and you know like i said i i know you, you think nobody cares but trust me there are a lot of people who do care i mean maybe it doesn't show like i said in the uh and the record sales, but that's just the way, you know, the business is these days anyway. I don't think you can measure success the way you used to, you know? No, you I really that? appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. I need to hear that, believe it or not. Yeah, it compliments, it compliments some of the other 
So, I mean, most of the reviews have been positive, but it compliments some of the things that have been said. But, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I need to hear that because, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I really appreciate the comment and uh, I need to hear those things because, uh, like, I, you know, I, I'm, I sometimes I get uh, discouraged a little bit, but, uh, you know, we've been getting we've been doing pretty well. I mean, this, the response to this record is pretty strong so far. I mean, I'm doing a lot of press. That's, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. No, it's great. And I'm sure now being back in New York, I mean, just from, from a, you know, a professional perspective and standpoint, I think there's no doubt you're going to have more opportunities will be there than when it was, I think when you're out in California, just because you're so well-respected and, you know, and loved in New York. I mean, I mean, I guess case in point, I mean, you, you, you did the Metallica thing in the, in the parking lot of MetLife stadium there. I mean, I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, do you think that would have happened if you were still, the band was still based in, in, in LA? No, uh, I think, right? no, you're right. Because uh, uh, they wanted, you know, two New York thrash bands mm. to do that. And then, um, yeah, I guess they picked Overkill and Prong. So I mean, mm -hmm. Anthrax certainly wasn't going to do that, you know. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know. But uh, that's we we were honored to do that. It was a crazy day, but we did it, and it was it was a lot of fun actually. Mm -hmm. Nice, very cool, man. But I, I enjoy being back there. I'm like, yeah. I mean, any opportunities. That was one of the things too. Is like is uh, like trying to get guys that are based back in New York to be in the band. Like, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, like Jason is out. And, and flying him in for all these things is impossible. He's out on the mm. West Coast. And so I got a, you know, you know, we've had some changes. I want to get like New York based guys to do this. So we could run out, do a couple of shows here and there. Like, like you know, whoever's open up, like, you know, whatever we can do locally as well. Because, um, mm. you know, I, I like staying close to home these days because, uh, like I said, I have a bunch of kids now and stuff. Sure, so. man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, you know, the other thing is, I remember one of the, I remember seeing you guys out here. I live in the Bay Area, and I remember seeing you. It, it, it almost, it almost pissed me off because it was at, it was at this place that was essentially a, a, a dive bar. You know, this oh, is I remember right, that little place. Yeah, you remember that little place. Yeah, and I remember just, I mean, for a fan, it was great being so close up, but I'm like, this is, this is wrong, man. There's no way a band. I mean, seeing you guys, like I said, you know, even in the Coliseum back in the day with Pantera and Sepultura right. and all that stuff. I mean, just to see you guys in a, in a dive bar, I remember being like. This wouldn't happen in New York City if you were, you know, playing back there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure these days you don't have to worry about playing. Hopefully, in the places like that anymore. I mean, especially being back there, I would, I would assume. And and over in Europe, obviously, where you guys are still huge too. So I think, I think the move obviously is is going to do and has done. Obviously, I think a lot of great things for the band going forward. Um, and like I said. After people hear this record, it's gonna, I think, no doubt, continue. So I mean, Tommy, go ahead. Once you, uh, what's going on now with the uh you know tour now for the record i mean you know i mean i know you got the record release show uh the dingbats in, in new jersey on the uh, october 20th uh you got some dates i saw lined up in europe you got anything else in, in store what's the plans now We're for trying tour? i mean it, i mean again like, like getting getting a proper tour or or uh planning in america is really difficult right now so mm. uh we're trying. I mean, I, I may even not be trying as much as I probably should be, but we're, we're definitely going to do one. I just, nothing is planned right now. Hopefully it'll in the next three to four weeks, we'll, we'll get something, you know, going where uh, definitively on that end. Okay. I, I mean, you, you get a tour of the States. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, we awesome. will. I mean, I was thinking of doing like a, like just like an East coast run. And thank you, Evan. And then, then you know, if there's some some uh, 
interest uh, flying out and then uh, doing like a West Coast run, and that would we we, we do. Mm-hmm. So if we could financially make it work, like traveling, mm-hmm. getting in a in a vehicle and going cross country with the gas prices as they are, no, and, it's crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean. And just the whole thing is just is. Uh, is something that I'm not really interested in doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't play. Right. It's just too much these days for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, man. No, no doubt. Well, you know, once again, obviously the album is state of emergency. It comes out October 6th on uh, steam hammer SPV. So Tommy, where should we send uh, listeners and viewers to go, you know, check out, you know, or buy the record and, and just keep up with the band. I mean, I know you got the website and everything. Is that what they should go? You can go there. I mean, you, you can go to Napalm Records in America and just you know, plug in prong, state of emergency. The pre-sale is available there. Uh, merchandise is, is uh, Manic Merch. And you can find that on the prong site, too, or just go to Instagram. And we got a bunch of new stuff up there. And then uh, uh, in Europe, you go to spvrecords.com uh, if you want to pre-order the stuff. So that's out there. Napalm in America. And then... Uh, SPV in Europe. Okay, fantastic. Well, I got before you I let you go, Tommy. I got two. I know you're a um, a big uh, sports fan, so I got just two little questions for you here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, do you think you think Zach can get it done with with Rogers out? What, what's what's? Oh what my god! I mean, uh, <laughs> we were hoping. I mean, I, I went to five games last year. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, he is just absolutely atrocious. And the, the <laughs> fact that I have, we have to experience him again after all that. We were so relieved. I know. And that he was, I wanted him gone. Mm. <clears throat> I understand, you know, they've invested a lot in him. But uh, I mean, the fact that we have to witness it, and we witnessed it already again. He, I, as much as there's the, the Zach supporters, uh, that are online, give them a break. Give them, and this is going on three years now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, it, I, I can't handle it. Like I, the, my interest in the team has waned and I, I'm spending $200 on an Aaron Rodgers jersey for four plays. Jeez. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. outrageous. Like yeah, the, the bad luck. I know and, uh, he, he was the defense does not play behind him. And that game was against Dallas was disgusting. So yeah. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen against New England. I think they're going to get blown out, and I think the season's over. Really, really, you don't think that defense could? I mean, they got a strong defense. You know, it can keep they them in games. During, they, they, I, I don't, I don't have any faith in Rob Sala. I think he's okay. he's not a very good head coach neither. He's not disciplining these guys. He's another players coach, mm. and uh, I, I just you know, and it's I'm a real Jet fan. I'm very negative. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it did. Well, like you said, it's 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 kind of a cursed, you know, franchise. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it just it's totally Murphy's law with them. Whatever can go wrong goes wrong with the Jets. I mean, that's it's just the way it's been for years, man. Second question: Are you finally gonna leave the Dodgers behind and root for the Mets? What's I did already. already. I, I you already did. did that. Well, All I right. mean, under pressure of my father-in-law and my wife, really, <laughs> and that's been another. I mean, when I know you, this year. Oh. I mean, yeah. it was when yeah. Diaz got hurt at World Bat- Baseball Classic. I'm like, they're cursed, man. It's the same thing, man. Same Here thing. we go again. Same old Mets, same old Jets. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, they looked promising last year, but I mean, Scherzer was just so horrible. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, 
this is just a joke, man. I mean, I, I it was, I thought that they were gonna go further last year, but uh, nope. And then uh, this year has just been an absolute, absolute travesty. And I was just reading about the Mets, where you know Tommy Pham was came. They have he came out and said that I, he he was the it was the worst, most undisciplined team he's ever seen played wow. in all these years. And he was happy to get the hell out of there. And yeah. it just shows like, you know, and I, I've been saying that about Lindor and they, these guys are like spoiled rich babies. Yeah. Already. Like, mm. you know, like they made all this money. Now they're just partying and just yep. going crazy. And that's all they care about. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, that's goes for, unfortunately, a lot of the sports. It's just these guys have just paid so much. But yeah, I agree, man. It was a disappointing year. Uh, but at least the Will Ponds are gone. I think Cohen's got at least the, the cash to keep this you know keep it flowing for a long time without you know doing another bobby bonilla deal or something you know what i mean so we'll see what happens man yeah but man. anyway yeah but anyway tommy man so great talking to you man good luck with everything and uh yeah man we'll uh Thank ideas you, over buddy. all right, all right man touch. yeah i will man thanks tommy take go care jet. bud go jet.